how are you planning on dealing with this inflation at your organization with the pressure it's going to put on wages? Because your average wage, you said, is $45,000. And now their cost of living has gone up, you know, 25%, 50%. Their only choice is going to be to search for other jobs that pay more money if you're not giving it to them. And as far as laying off healthcare increases to them, that's going to make them bankrupt at that point. So what is your goal? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Back on another Thursday here with Market Update. Maybe we'll give you something to talk about. What do you say, Craig? We got a lot, a lot going on in the market. We ain't just talking about healthcare today, that's for sure. What do you want to talk about, Craig? Healthcare and crypto DeFi update. If you don't know what it is, search Crypto 101, start learning yes, about man. it. You're missing out in the bull run, but you can catch the next wave on a downturn. So, catch it uh, early. Okay. Hey. The theme of tonight's show, really simple. There's only two kinds of people. Those who can extrapolate from incomplete information, right? This is all about how do you play chess in business and not checkers. So tonight's going to be about looking forward going, holy crap, everything is changing quickly. Yeah, how can we come up with different conversations with the employers? I mean, look, real quick, show sponsor, VirtueAlliance.com, Virtue Health. Check us out. Number one consortium in the country, best performing consortium. Check us out. You know, coming to a close here in this fourth quarter, it's been a different one for sure. We'll get more into that later. But I, I was just shopping the other day for office furniture. And I got to tell you, the price of furniture is through the roof. I'm looking at a, I'm looking for mediocre type furniture that's kind of throwaway-ish in a year or so if I want, don't like it. I'm looking at a chair, right? Just a regular, you know, lounge rocking chair, right? $8.99. In a, you know, mediocre store. We're not talking out Edmonds. We're talking RC Watt, you know, mediocre store, $8.99. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Well, the price of furniture, the demand, and then you can't even get them. Then you, you say, well, yeah, all right, I'll take it. No, at three weeks or 10 weeks. One of them for the couch, 10 weeks. I'm like, what? I had to do it 10 weeks with no couch. Yeah. Right. And so what you're seeing is insane inflation right now in the market. What was the numbers this week, Craig, that came out? 6.2%? Highest in three decades, pals. Yeah. But what does what the government say? Don't worry. I think it was their term. They used. It's temporary. It's temporary. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. U.S. savings bonds. Hey, here's a clue. What does the bank pay you? 0.1% on a CD? No, 0.000. Yeah. I just had a capital collateralize yeah. the, the insurance cell. They locked it in for a two-year, three-year CD because that's how long I hold it anyway. I said, all right, lock it in. And he was like, well, it doesn't matter which one you select because they're all the same. 0.00001%. Crazy, right? So look, guys, hey, here's a little bit of wisdom. You can buy U.S. savings bonds. They're based on published CPI, which has been zero for years. It's over 7%. You can get 7% from the U.S. government. Yeah, that's why DeFi is going to replace banks because they're not competitive. They don't add value. They just steal money from people. If you're watching, put down below where you're watching, where you're calling in from here. Oh, we're going to start doing calls more. We're going to change up uh, change up the setup. StreamYard did come out with some newer features so I can toggle around. The uh, reason why we're talking about inflation is what happens when things cost more money? So let's look at your average wage in America. I think it's 56000 roughly predicated on the market, right? Well, who's going to feel the inflation the most? It, what we're seeing now is what's called tax 
by inflation. Let's look at this for a second. The government can only tax you so much money before havoc breaks out. And I'm talking lower income, middle income earners. If you start jacking up their taxes, like the higher end paid people are paid, craziness, madness will break out. And so, well, how do we fix that? Because we can't tax anymore. And so we need more money. So what do we do, Greg? We just print money out of thin air, just print it. So what they're doing is they're printing money out of the Federal Reserve, right? I think it's the Federal Reserve. They're printing money, which devalues your currency. So they're giving you another $1.5 trillion uh, surplus or whatever it was, bill. They're giving out, right? Print another $1.5 trillion. And we're, we're pumping money back in the economy, but your money can no longer buy what it could buy yesterday. And so while they're writing you a $1,200 check, your overall net worth went down. So now you can actually buy less. You're worth less money now before yeah. that $1,200 check went out. But you don't realize that because they want to spend $1.5 and they give a couple hundred million away to American consumers and think, we did good. You're still paying five dollars a ga- a gallon for gas in Orange County where I live, and it's a hundred bucks to fill up my car. That's forty percent higher than it was. Yeah, I got here in Vegas. It was two dollars and thirty five cents, and it's now over four dollars for regular in Las Vegas, which is the state that's supposed to be. I, I mean, I can tell you out here, there's not nothing cheap since I moved here. This is this is not the state to move to anymore. Yeah, you got no state tax, but there's no lower cost of living rents through the roof. I mean, the houses, I looked at a house. It was a million-dollar home for 2,500 square feet in Las Vegas. That should buy you a castle in Las Vegas. <laughs> Once upon a time. Yeah, for $300,000 in seven years ago, it was three hundred grand. Now they want a million dollars for it, and they're getting it. And so, again, inflation is causing so many problems. It's going to be delayed. But think of the average worker, 50000 Well, you take out taxes, what do they make, Thirty-eight. Now, when you have gas that's they're driving to work 20, 30 minutes a day and gas doubles, that's $150 a month. That's, you know, two grand more a year that they got to come up with. That's like five plus percent of their overall take home income. But, but, but John, just gas. what's the usual solution when it comes to health care? Let's segue it to health care. Well, we got to increase the deductible. We got to, you know, oh, well, you know, the government increased the FSA allowance. So you can save your own money if you can afford to, you know, be without it until you can make a claim through your FSA or the cost shift never stops. This inflation, I got news for everybody who isn't old enough to have lived through these cycles in the past. Whatever inflation is that the government will agree to, you know, it's actually higher than that because they exclude things like food. Steaks are probably 50% more expensive than they were a year ago. Although a year ago, we couldn't go out. So who knew? So two years ago. So the reality is medical trend is going to be far higher than the wait, consumer wait, wait. pricing. I'm going to go to healthcare. Yeah, we're going to segue soon. All I got right, some right, inflation right. stuff. I want, I want to break it down. Is Because how are we going to look at it? How are we going to sell it? So that's gas. Food, astronomically more expensive as well out here. I just can't begin to tell you some of the money that I spend sometimes I see on food. They can't get anybody to work either, right? <laughs> and we went to a fast food place, a fast food like a Chipotle. And they go, look, it's a 30-minute wait. We only have one cook. It's going to be a 30-minute wait. And it's like, this is insane. Because what is the government doing? Not just inflation printing money, the unemployment. It doesn't pay to work anymore. We'll pay for everything. Just stay home. Don't worry about it. And so when you're pressuring down the wages and inflation costs, they're just everybody's going to rely more on the government, which is bad for overall. 
And so what happens here? Now you've got a guy making 50 grand and everything's more expensive. So now you have extreme pressure on their wages. Where are they going to go to find more money? They're going to want to talk to their employer to get a raise. I need more money. I can't, I can't even make up for what I was doing last year, just paying for food and gas and so on and so forth. And then, oh, wait, wait, there's a health care increase? Oh, forget it. So employers, you're talking about employers right now for a second, there's going to be a need for margin because people are going to need more money wages. If not, they're going to leave. Talent is harder than ever to find. Even unemployment is, you know, supposedly higher due to COVID. But those are the people that don't want to work. Okay, The people that want to work, they have jobs and they're going to leave for more money elsewhere. And because the talent pool is low, you're going to have to pay them more money to keep them or they're going to leave. I mean, I'm seeing it, whether it be through our partners or employers or things of that nature, but that's what's going on. What do you say, Craig? It's going to happen. I mean, ask your prospect or your client, you know, what percentage of your workforce is actually taking home less money than they were two years ago? That'll stimulate a conversation. What are you going to do to curb this increase needed for cost of living? Because it's just not going to cut it anymore. And so you're going to see pressure from that. And I think that's just a huge opportunity to go, well, let's look at your healthcare budget. Things have been good in the past four or five years. Business is booming, right? Most businesses grew significantly during the last presidency's policies and gone up in revenue and done well. And now it's not as good as it was. Man, maybe some of them are generating revenue and more deals because people are spending money. But that show will end at some point. People are going to run out of money. Now, they, the other problem is they're having is hiring people, getting the actual supplies. So I think you're going to see a big adjustment and correction next year. I don't know exactly know what it is. But inflation is happening. Uh, let's see who we got here from the crowd. What's up from Philly? Andrew from Arkansas. Oh, somebody's in home from Jersey. I can't see your name. You have to write it. Craig, what does your shirt say? They said there are two types of people in this world: those who can extrapolate from incomplete data, and those that can't. It's like the two rules in business. Two most important rules of business. Number one: never tell them all you know. Got the idea? There you go. We got to do this in business, in our business, all the time. We have incomplete data, and yet we've got to try and be clairvoyant and see the future and give people recommendations based on our limited or vast experience to give them good advice. Yeah, let's talk about for a second cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. If you don't understand what it is, it's it's a complex thing. Bitcoin is an actual, it's like a digital gold, right? Store of value digitally. People go, what is it? What is that actually worth, that code? Just think of business, just think of your money now in the bank. You ever touch the money? You ever see it? No, it's a digital ledger. What is a piece of paper worth? I don't have a dollar on it. You know, my dad's like, well, what is it actually worth? I go, well, what is It's worth what is whatever you worth? believe it is. What is this? This is a piece of paper. It's not backed by gold anymore. And so start thinking about other ways to, to look at your net worth or your income or your savings is what to do with it because the longer you keep it cash and other things, it's just going down, down. I cannot buy as much. So having things in assets, and this is not financial advice, but having things in assets is something to look at. Bitcoin, I mean, every time they print more money, what happens to Bitcoin, Greg? Boom. Yeah. Limited supply. They cannot print more Bitcoin. There's going to be 21 million. That's it. Start looking at other assets here. Uh, but it's interesting seeing the market. Crypto's on a bull run. The stock market's on a bull run. But I think you're going to see more and more. Hey, the mayor of Miami, the mayor of New York City said, pay me in Bitcoin. 
The mayor of Miami just announced also El Salvador. El Salvador has changed Bitcoin to their currency. And what the guy in El Salvador did said, I think like a small percentage of people have bank accounts there. And he said, this is going to give them the ability to have a digital wallet, have their own bank account now, set up a digital wallet. For all those that set up a digital wallet in, in is it Equ- No, where did I? El Salvador. El Salvador. Will deposit Bitcoin, a share of Bitcoin into your digital wallet for setting up. Well, guess what? Mayor of Miami came out today and said, set up a wallet and we're going to deposit a share of Bitcoin in there for you. So you're seeing it's happening. You see it changing. I mean, keep an eye on it. How it affects our industry, we're going to see. You've got celebrities, you've got athletes all saying, hey, just pay me Bitcoin. So it's interesting to see. What else can we talk about today? Stop loss market. What I saw in this fourth quarter here is a soft market, which means people are looking to cut, cut your legs off on renewals. I mean, coming in 10, 20% below current rates. John, I don't think that's ever changed. That's always been the industry. They have the most paranoid wholesalers on earth work for the reinsurance companies, and they're always afraid of getting last look because there's 70 plus reinsurers out there. And there's always new people. Hell, Google's got a reinsurance company, Berkshire Hathaway. There's always new people. And some of the new people will buy market share because they can for some period of time. And so you can't rest on your laurels. Yeah. What's happened too is, is they made, look, most reinsurance carriers made money last year with COVID. I think the fully insured made more money than God last year. And you know, I saw it because I see the surges now coming in on some of our cases that weren't done the year before, and it's definitely in an uptick. So, you know, your aggregate a thousand points this year are definitely going to get, uh, they're going to get run, put a lot of pressure on them. But you've got people out there just, just taking swings because they, they're sitting on a boatload of money from what they made in the past. And so to solve their market, I'd say I was definitely wrong in thinking we were going to get massively popped. Okay. I did see a lot of crazy renewals, especially in September. But I did not see him. So my indication from what I was more see, regional what guys I talked to it was more regional, right? Some yeah. states were really competitive. Well, they're really competitive. Look, it's one of the only industries where the industry has conditioned employers into believing that, well, you know, five to nine percent mid low single digits, that's pretty good. <laughs> they just they don't mind losing that money. Yeah, I mean, and they're you know they're expecting they're expecting to get walloped, and it's like yeah, eight nine percent. Oh great, check the bottom because I didn't even see the uh, the quote volume this year, which means you know they're they're coming out and and dropping their pants pretty quickly on those fully insured renewals, and it was more of a focus on retention than new business. Next year's medical trend is going to be far above any inflation trends that we see published for financial instruments or food or gasoline because medical trend is always higher than the other trends. Another little not so obvious impact on healthcare costs is going to be the chip shortage that we have. Car manufacturers have lots full of vehicles that can't run because they have 300 to 1,000 microchips in them. Guess what? So does medical equipment. And so that's going to all be part of the reason Look up the definition of medical trend. It's a fake term, but they've used it for 30 years. And inflation of the supply chain is part of it. Well, what do you, how do you think the industry is going to react? They're going to jack up rates. Count on it. It's coming. It just didn't come this quick. It's delayed right now. If you got any rate passes, let us know. Share in the comment section below what you're seeing in your market. Well, yeah, you tell your clients, look, 80, 80 to 85% of surgeries are elective. Last year, everything was closed for three months. So, of course, the insurance companies made money. You still had to pay the premium, but they didn't have to pay the claims. And so now 
pent up demand, elective surgeries. People go, yeah, I'm going to have it now, right? Depending on what state you're in, your spouse still may not be able to visit you in the hospital. I'll save my comments on that, having experienced it myself. And so all these things are going to conspire to more utilization for a lot of groups out there in calendar year 21. Yeah, it's common. If you if you let us know what you got in your market, was it double digits, single digit on your renewals? Yeah. Not not necessarily a small group. You already know. If you don't think there's money in this business, we'll stay on the show and, and listen to the rest of the tens of billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars that are pursuing healthcare dollars. Let's talk about it. Amazon, Walmart, what's going on with them? What'd you read? Jesus. Oh, I mean, Amazon's expanding into many, many cities. Right. I think they bought um, here in Cali, Crossover Health, hybrid clinic, really high tech, sexy looking. I think they bought Sherpa, you know, that's been around for a while. So, you know, they're expanding with their kind of a hybrid clinic, primary care, direct primary care model. Walmart Health, of course, they can do anything they want because they have an unlimited budget. I think they bought. I think they bought Medici MD, big telemedicine, maybe not Medici, but I mean, you know, they've all got these big plans to expand their footprint. Walmart likes to say, hey, CVS says the same, it's like they have the same writer for their marketing. They're within 10 miles of anybody in the United States. So either CVS or Walmart. So they're not going to be able to compete based on that because they're equal. But, you know, CVS is another one. Uh, Cigna in their ESI combination. Oh, United and Optum, they're going to eat the world. Right. So United sort of hides with their Optum brand. United is advertised just recently that they're coming out in different markets around the country with their own exclusive network. Hey, guys, the health systems own 50% of the physicians. So United owns a lot of the physicians. They're going to create their own models, their own networks of quote high performance network. I'm sure they'll put that spin on it. And they're going to control the money through the entire vertical from the primary to the specialist, the lab to the x-ray to the pharmacy and try to make margin on the whole thing. And a lot of brokers, what are they going to do? Because they don't actually try and ask the person that gets paid to manage healthcare, are you a risk manager? Or really is your primary function to make sure that you don't disrupt the status quo or require anybody to make any kind of a change to facility, provider, prescription, because if you're not willing to do something, you are going to be stuck reacting to radical rate increases that are going to never stop because of the way the model's set up. And so without being accountable to be a risk manager, at the end of the day, there's nothing anybody can do except connect a buyer and a seller and sell them some insurance product. See who wants to buy a business this year. We got somebody saying 15% that magically turned to eight, nine. That's what I expect. A lot of people got increased and they dropped their pants very quickly to hang on to the business. Yep. Uh, I don't think the changes as much got made. I think employers sat back more. I didn't see employers being as aggressive. I yeah, saw because the, 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 what I heard from brokers was, well, you know, last year was so crazy. We don't want to change anything because it was brutal last year. And it just seems like it would be kind of like, well, we'd be kind of, we'd feel bad. It would be unfair to make them change. So that was kind of the rationale for how people just laid down and said, well, I mean, it was only 5%. <laughs> They're still making money, that's for sure. It's only 5% of the larger money. Well, they are. That's why they're all trying to expand healthcare, right? Even the physicians, there was just a, a report out yesterday. The top 100 health systems, CFOs were surveyed. Hey, check this out. 52% of the health systems said they're going to have their own commercial product in the next 18 months. 
What? What? Okay. I've seen this movie. I know how it ends. I remember the 90s. They were called Physician Health Organizations, PHOs, where they tried to run health plans. Well, it's back. And so there's going to be another competitor. So if the business was so bad, why are there people getting into every segment of it? Private equity is throwing tens of billions of dollars. They're rolling up anesthesiologists, emergency rooms, urgent care facilities. One of the big scams out there, I call it a scam. How about it's just misleading? You're a participant. The industry and certain areas, certain brokers, certain consultants, certain employers buy off into this idea that the consumer somehow, after 40 years of being kept in the dark, the mushroom theory of business, you know, that somehow they're going to be able to be a better consumer because there's more transparency now, even though they're conditioned to not do that. And so what happens is you're going there, you need emergency treatment, you think you're going to an urgent care facility, the private equity owns it, and it's actually billable as an ER. And so, boom, there goes another surprise. Gotcha. And so everybody is throwing money at healthcare at your employees' expense or your client's employees' expense. Private equity. Let's talk about it right now. There, money is cheaper than ever to borrow, right? So it costs nothing to borrow the money to buy all these businesses, which they just roll up. And, you know, that's how the big brokerages happen. They run it from a private equity standpoint versus publicly traded right now. What's happening? I don't know about you guys, but on my retail side, I lost 10% of my clients this year to sales, private equity. Why? Well, the numbers are higher than ever because money is so cheap to borrow. So they're giving multiples higher than, than normal. It's the highest it's ever been. And also, what are they worried about? If you're 60-something years old, you're at late 50s, you've done well. Well, Mr. Biden, the current president, said we're going to make the capital gains rate from 20% to 48.5%. And so that is scaring the shit out of people. Think about it. They're going to take half of whatever you sell your company for. And the reality is, is that's going to push them and help private equity. Private equity publishes that they have over $1 trillion of dry powder available for deals. They just can't find enough good deals. It's why... Basically, you know, you can get a $5 million funding for an idea on the back of a napkin because they're just looking, you know, that money's burning a hole in their wallet. The private equity, it's going to be trouble because what do they do, Craig? They turn the dial. Oh, Cut this out. Masters. Cut that out. Hey, I you can't travel. Bad. No traveling budget for you. Like oh, hey, some... 401k. This is my favorite. One of the, see all these little ways and we can do the same thing. You know, you guys can do the same thing as healthcare consultants. So many ways to turn the dial. So, oh, hey, one of the options you have with the 401k is I don't have to give you the employer match during this calendar year. I can require that you have to be here by April 15th next year, March 15th, maybe. March 15th when the corporation has to file its tax returns on a fiscal year and calendar year. If you're not here, I don't have to give you the 401k employer match. So guess what? You know, high turnover group, you put in that provision, boom, extra profit to the company. So they got they got 100 little ways to squeeze margin. And profits out of any revenue. They will get it and they will find it. Somebody wrote here, private equity is buying everything. My veterinarian hospital can't find vets as the PE firms are paying $60,000 signing bonuses. Yeah, they're printing money. And then what they get to do, I know I know some of competitors private equity own now. And, and it's like, well, they're sitting on a gold mine and you're charging the clients X. Well, why can't we charge them a dollar PPM, $2, $3 PPM if I got 10 a million members, well, if I, you know, that's a million dollars more a month, boom, there it is. So everything's going to get dramatically more expensive because their goal is to generate EBITDA, profit. 
and they're going to turn the dial. Private equity is not good for the daily consumer, in my opinion, because they're going to run it like a business. They know how to run business. They know how to make it profitable as hell. And they don't the care consumer, about the employees' feelings, unlike human resource managers. We'd probably sell a lot more money if we get to deal with private equity companies and sell funding versus uh, the traditional owners. Yeah. What else we got before we want to wrap this one up here? We already went for 30 minutes. Healthcare in the United States, if it was a country, would be one of the 10 largest countries in the world. Think about that. Our $4 trillion we spend on healthcare would be one of the 10 largest countries in the world. And you want to know why things don't change. It's not set up to change. Not rapidly. So you have a million experiments going on. Look, John, we talked about just some of them. I mean, how many different faith-based medical plans have you heard about, John? <laughs> I mean, it's like they're coming out of the woodwork. And then you get the virtual primary care, the telehealth. That never stops. That's going to be a race to the bottom is in order to be competitive. Somebody will keep lowering the PEPM. But everybody wants to set up a subscription model with a PEPM because that pays the highest to private equity. And so you just sort of reverse engineer this thing and you go, wait, slow down, Mr. and Ms. Employer. Tell me exactly how you believe this is going to help you control your costs, right? And most of the stuff that's out there is, is sugarcoating. Oh, well, we have a PEPM MSK model. We have a PPM smoking model. We have a PEPM diabetes model. We have a PEPM cardiovascular, but I mean, it's just, it's endless, these single disease solutions and you bolt all those things together and nobody can follow anything. I mean, you, you think a PPO with an HSA is confusing, try adding, you know, nine different silos to your medical plan. And so everyone's chasing healthcare. Oh, and then they get the clinics. Oh, there, there's a whole variety. Clinics are getting rolled up. And so their crossover health here in California sold to Amazon. And so these clinics are creating hybrid models. And, you know, you've got a lot of people chasing that $4 trillion healthcare industry in the United States because they want to get a little piece of the action. My, uh, I had a conversation with Amazon Care. Maybe I'll have her on here. And she talked about Amazon Care and what they're doing. They're hiring doctors, right? In certain markets, right now in certain markets, everything's virtually done with thick nurses, stuff like that, full care. And, you know, Amazon does it. It's got the brand behind it. And they're going to do it pretty well, I would assume, as far as customer experience, because that's why they're so big, their ability to the customer experience they provide. And so, you know, certain markets, they don't have the doctors. It's not expanded yet, but they're growing rapidly. And what you're going to see is, is, you know, she, she already said, we'll probably just uh, be the insurance company and get rid of, uh, we, they won't need an insurance company. And so there are, the employers are already asking that. Now, do I think that's going to happen? I don't know. That means you're putting insurance companies out of business and that's going to be a difficult one. I mean, they're powerful, the PBMs. I don't think they're going to let that happen, at least from the pharmacy side. That's not going away. They're just so powerful. Somebody could do it. Yeah, maybe it's going to be Amazon. I don't see it happening anytime soon, but you know, that's a future outlook for them. If they want a piece of the puzzle. Everybody's happy about Amazon doing healthcare. And you know, I have my reservations about it. And things are good, things are bad about it, but they're not getting into it for uh, not to make money. Well, Their goal think is about to it. Print money. How many states have a dominant carrier where they've got one carrier, ninety plus percent of the market share, or a couple of carriers? Here's a again a not so obvious reason. I see one of the notes here from Michael in Florida. 
a very looks like a high utilizer group, got a half a percent increase for 22 after a 1% increase in 21. So how does that happen when by all looks of it, it looks like they're losing money on it? Well, here's something that you don't think of. A lot of these carriers have an overfunded reserve account. They can't reserve any more money. So they can afford to set the prices at whatever they want. So on any case, especially insured cases, the carriers who's incumbent, who has these giant reserves, some of which are a problem because they have to they have to spend them, they have to invest them, they have to do something with them. Some of them buy TPAs, some of them do other things. That's part of the reason why you can't compete against a carrier who's already got three, four, five billion dollars sitting there. These are issues. They have, you know, the hospitals, some of the health systems have so much money, they've started venture capital funds. Philosophically, I just have a problem with that, that they would overcharge everybody so much that they could do VC. But these are the kind of issues that that go into healthcare is not like any other business where there's a direct line between the economics and the costs and the price you pay. It's nothing to do with any other business model like that. Yeah. So as we wrap up here, think of ways, right? New year. Just FYI, we're going to take a little breather in December on the show, probably rerun some older episodes that maybe we'll pull some episodes back in Facebook that we didn't air from a long time ago. But think of ways that you can now talk about to the employer to put pressure on them, right? Because we're, we're just trying to create urgency. The reason we're not as good as salesmen as we think, the reason we sell a lot too is because of the increase of the renewal and the time frame every year. Or People wouldn't be as successful as they are probably selling, right? So how can we create more urgency for change? Sell the future, sell the destination. Here's what's happening. Here's what I'm seeing in the market. Let's look at inflation, Mr. Employer. How are you planning on dealing with this inflation at your organization with the pressure it's going to put on wages because your average wage you said is $45,000 and now their cost of living has gone up, you know, 25%, 50%. Their only choice is going to be to search for other jobs that pay more money if you're not giving it to them. And as far as laying off healthcare increases to them, that that's going to make them bankrupt at that point. So what is your goal to do with your, right. what's your line, your, um, where they like their employees, whatever line you always use. You, you say you love your employees, but yeah, it's not really when you break it down. When Craig breaks down their gross pay versus their healthcare at expenses. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, you say you love like. your employees. The average wage is forty five thousand, but the max out of pocket is five thousand on the medical plan. Twenty to thirty percent of the employees incurs eighty to ninety percent of the claims in a typical year actuarially. So let me get this straight: Does anybody take home their gross wages of forty five thousand? No. So based on the fact that they have a five thousand dollar max out of pocket, I mean you've got an enormous percentage of your population that is massively underinsured. Matter of fact, there's a large chunk of them that can't even afford to use the plan because the deductible's so high. See this survey, this survey, this survey, this survey, this survey, millions of them published that you could reference and go, so you're telling me that you feel like you can't leave this ABC insurance company's network, even though all of your employees could have a better healthcare experience with richer benefits but they, some of them might have to change physicians. Help me connect the dots there because I'm confused. You just told me you loved your employees, but you're not willing to do anything to ease their pain. We're going to see. We're going to see as this market turns and continues to progress, but start thinking of new ideas for the new year and get after from a marketing standpoint. We'll wrap it up there. Watch those crypto markets. Bull runs almost over. This is not financial advice, but Hey, look, but Bitcoin I hold right now pays 8% interest on a daily basis, annually 8%, but they pay me yeah. daily interest. 
stable coins, which is basically holding cash in a in a current crypto in a digital coin currency, paying fifteen percent right now. Amazing. It's just the way business works, guys. So if you can pay your employee twenty five dollars an hour, it's because you're making more than that, and so you pay them and you make money off of their efforts. It's been since the beginning of time. So if somebody's willing to pay you eight percent for the use of your money, it means they're making more than that. Really simple. Um, gee, that sounds like a bank. They pay us one-tenth of 1% interest and loan it out at 8% on auto loans and 25% on credit cards and pray you don't pay off your bill every month. Same thing. That's it, guys. We'll wrap it there. Thanks for joining us. Heads Up Advisor every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern. No, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you on the next one, guys. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Take care.